Welcome to this week's Property Matters, the show that brings global trends to an Irish audience to help shape your knowledge of the industry. You can contact us on Twitter at iPropertyRadio or by email at hello at iproperty.com. Now, as mentioned last week, Carl Tallon is out of the country this week, but we have a very special guest host that you've heard uh, here a few times, Gavin Gallagher of PropTech TV. Thank you, Brian. I'm delighted to be co-hosting Property Matters this week. We have an interesting lineup ahead uh, with some great guests uh, that we hope will show a different side of the property market. But first, let's look at some of the big stories of the past week. Okay, I'll begin with that because um, I guess it's, it's, it's um, quite a well-known fact that Dublin Experience is one of the greatest leaps in house prices since uh, 2013, and that came from the Irish Times during the week. Uh, in Cork, uh, Cork City now has more than 100 derelict sites so I don't know what they're going to be doing with that and in Dublin again um, rents to soar as Cuckoo Fund house buying hits a record now uh, just from the listener's point of view Cuckoo Fund is uh, I believe where the uh, it's investment a, companies it's a nickname that they're giving the company the big funds uh, are coming into the country and they're buying up huge blocks of flats uh, or apartments or whatever before anybody gets before even a look in um, and it's it's causing a lot of kind of controversy because people want to buy houses and they're not even getting an opportunity Okay. You got headlines. Uh, yes, um, Johnny Ronan got his green light for a landmark 22-storey tower on um, Tower Street. That was in The Independent. And then we have um, a story um, from on Market Watch about Facebook setting its site on housing and whether should Zillow be worried and... Um, I, th- I would say yes, they probably should. Uh, landlords who end tenancy uh, will have to sign contracts to sell the property within nine months going forward, which is pr- there to protect tenants, I guess. And um, that was in the Irish Times. And then we have some, uh, yes, the pace of construction activity has slowed in March, according to the RTE. And um, I suppose that would probably be something to do with Brexit, possibly. Okay. Well, now it's time to look at some of the political stories that, as they relate to the construction industry. The most standout story this week comes from Senator Michael McDowell. Now, as most listeners are probably aware, Senator McDowell had a very, has had a very checkered political background. He fell out with Gareth Fitzgerald when he was leader of the uh, Fine Gael Party some years ago over economic and ideals and went on to become one of the founders of the Progressive Gra- Democrats. He was elected as TD to Dublin South East, which has since been renamed Dublin Bay South on a number of occasions since, and has held the justice portfolio as well as being uh, Attorney General. However, after he lost out in a recent general election, he said he was retiring from politics. But now McDowell is full of surprises, and in the, la- the, la- the last uh, Shannon election, he put his name forward on the National University plan- Panel and one. Now you might ask why we are featuring him in this slot this week and the reason is there are strong rumours that he wants to run in the next general election. He had an interesting article in the Sunday Business Post where he gives his view on some of the developments in the construction business in the Dublin area uh, and with Dundrum and Shank Hill particularly in the context of the land this new land development agency. He goes on to say, he says, building costs are rising and trade unions in the sector are seeking 12% increases as supply of skilled building workers lag behind demand. The government is responding by altering the immigration rules for construction workers in the hope of avoiding very serious labour shortages and consequent bottlenecks in the role in the rollout of its infrastructure programs. 
The government is pinning its hopes on the private sector to address the homes shortage crisis. Its infant land development agency has yet to be given statutory powers of compulsory acquisition. One instance of the LDA's weakness, he goes on to say, is evident in its dispute with the Dunleary Rotdown County Council over lands at Chengallan Castle in South Dublin, which became public last week. Actually, it became public some weeks back. Anyway, as Minister, Minister of Justice... I obtained government approval for the closure of Mountjoy Prison and its replacement by a new prison complex at Thornton Hall in North County, Dublin. Now, just to bring you up to speed on the Shangani Castle dispute, back at the February meeting of the um, Dunleary Ratdown County Council, there were a number of there was a, there was a quite a heavy, uh, a very heated debate over the proposed taking over the project from the council to the uh, LDA, uh, and it certainly was very heated. Um, there is a similar dispute surrounding the Central Mental Hospital, which is owned by the Office of Public Works. Anyway, he goes on to mention various other planning problems such as bus connects and Metrolink, but he ends his article by asking what role has local democracy in all of this and what role would elected mayors have to play? What is the future of local property tax? Do we plan anything or muddle along with, ser- with serendipity? And uh, he goes on to say, why do I get this horrible feeling that there is no one at the, hel- at the wheel? So it's an interesting article because of the fact that uh, because of his uh, checkered political past and the fact that he is... Um, Obviously, rumoured to be co- to becoming involved in in uh, in politics again, but he does pose some questions, and um, they're very obviously very political questions. And um, I suppose people, a lot of people, know that um, it is felt that um, local councillors li- are are losing a lot of power to uh, to central government. So he's picking up on those issues plus the fact too that um, elected mayors for the various ca- uh, local authorities around Dublin has been heavily talked about and it's, it's been back now in the um, in the local elections as well and of course last week we heard too that um, the local property tax is to be frozen as well and as Minister for Finance Pascal Duno seems to have some sort of plans for that as well so that's him um, so it's an interesting story and uh, we don't know what he's quite up to but c- certainly we should know in the f- next number of weeks what he plans to do but I'll give you a roundup of various bills to be discussed in the Oireachtas during the week the Land and Conveyancing Law Reform Bill 20, 2019 which we discussed last, last week goes to Zoyle again tomorrow to motion to the um, instruct the Committee on the Residential Tenancies Bill 2018 which is an amendment will be discussed on Thursday afternoon but we'll have more on that next week and a kind of an important one too. Tomorrow at committee stage, the 35th Amendment of the Constitution, uh, that's Water in, in Public Ownership, Bill 2016, which calls an act to amend the Constitution so that Irish water can never be privatised. So it'll be interesting Gavin, to see what happens there because there's a lot of controversy and a lot of... Um, I suppose controversy is the word I, I can think of in relation to um, people being nervous as to whether or not Irish water could be privatised in the past or mm. held in public hands, you know? Yeah, time will tell. Time will tell, but I think the left-wing parties are anxious to make sure it's, that it's uh, placed in the Constitution. And of course, the, the government are sort of saying that it's not going to ever be the case, so that we're wasting your time. But whoever, that's that's uh, that's for the future. We'll, we'll see what happens in the future, and particularly with this discussion tomorrow in, in the commi- at committee stage. Well, hopefully our guest will be able to make some sense of these uh, big market issues and maybe uh, they'll uncover a few more for us today. Our first guest in studio with us today is Saoirse Sheridan, uh, founder of elderhomeshare.ie. Glad I got that right. And you are very welcome on Property Matters today, Saoirse. Thank you, Gavin. It's very nice to be here. Good to see you again. You're more than welcome. Um, Just if you can give us a very brief kind of uh, intro to what Elder Home Share actually does. 
So what we do is we match up people who are looking for accommodation to live with elderly homeowners. Uh, for the homeowner, it's peace of mind, knowing that there's somebody there in the house at night, the security, a bit of help around the house, companionship, and it's a win-win. So usually our customers would be their children. They have an elderly parent living alone. We've quite a few matches done here in the Dundrum area, Rathfarnham area. I home shared myself here in Dundrum with David, who's now 99. And a home share companion is basically a secure presence in the house at night in exchange for a room in the home. So it's a real win-win for the homeowner, friendship, company support, for the companion, an affordable place to live, and for their adult children, peace of mind knowing that there's somebody there with their mum or dad in the house at night. That sounds like a great idea. And, and tell me, is, is it actually free rent um, that the person gets or do they pay a lower market they rent? Pay, they pay a very low contribution, but what they do is that they give eight hours a week in companionship and support. Right. So that would maybe be five hours social contact and three hours of help maybe Helping with out the shopping, yeah. hoovering, putting the bins out and they commit to sleeping in the house at night. Obviously they go away at weekends and they have holidays, they're out at work during the day and my interpretation that is a home share companion would complement care in the home, it wouldn't replace it, it okay. can complement yeah. it. Mm, that's very interesting and how did you come up with the idea or when did you come up with the idea? Yeah, it's. I think it's close to four years ago I was given notice to move out of my own rented accommodation I was back in college I'd gone back to do an internship I thought what am I going to do these rents are so expensive and I grew up with my own granny in the house and I really loved the relationship I had with her so I put my thinking cap on and I finally said, wouldn't it be great if I could live with an older homeowner and help out in exchange for a room in their home? So I'm quite entrepreneurial. I've gone back to college to study entrepreneurship. I'm trained in psychotherapy. I used to introduce single people to each other. So there's a real mix of ingredients there that kind of gave me the get up and go to put this put this business idea into practice and I made my own website I got a free hot desk in the Fumbly Exchange I did my first match for Peggy who's still alive and well and in her late 90s I did that in January 2016 and in that time since then I've done 56 placements I'm now working on the 57th placement and through that journey I learned my craft and increased the innovation and the whole process so you're you're kind of going online with this now as opposed to the way it was in the past, which was kind of more you running around, kind of organizing this kind of 100%, stuff. 100%. Yeah, we've really kind of increased the automation and our recent uh, clients and customers who've gone through the process. I don't go to the house. I don't meet the family. I provide a reference check from the family side and from the companion side. And that's what makes it secure. We have a very robust home share agreement in place. And as a social entrepreneurs, Ireland awardee, uh, Good Body, the legal firm, are really going through every aspect of my business and giving the whole business an upgrade and improving the home share agreement for me. So, so you don't have, to have HSC approval? Or, uh, I don't have HSC <coughs> approval. You don't have and to have a job? No, yeah. no, no. And it's, I mean, I wouldn't be driving to try and get their approval mm. because, I mean, I've tested the service. The feedback is really good. And I guess I'm quite driven to scale it through Ireland because we are getting families in 
Cork, Galway, Cavan. We've done a match in Trim. We did one in Galway. And uh, yeah, the innovation and the technology allows you to scale. Yeah, but yeah. The, the reference checking and the home share agreement and the customer service keeps it safe. That's brilliant. That's fantastic. And if somebody wanted to find it for you, uh, they would go to, is it elderhomeshare.ie? Yeah, that's where they come onto the platform, have a look around, have a read, see what you think and touch base if you think this is something that would be useful for an elderly parent or a loved one who's living alone. And at the moment, you got, you, got, you have 56? We've done, can be facilitated 56 placements. And I had a new family on board about two days ago in Black Rock and another inquiry there yesterday. So there, there is a problem out there. And this business not only helps on a practical way and reduces the cost of maybe needing care in the home at night if your parent isn't incapacitated it also extends time at home and the social benefit for the homeowner and for the home share companion it's a win-win fantastic and i mean from the point of view of of, um talking to the um say it's a mother talking to her her children i mean do do they there's a lot of vetting going on obviously from their point of view yeah the the reference check process is just say gavin reached out to me in another five to ten years time he said oh saoirse you know we'd love to get somebody in in with Mm mum so i would share profiles with gavin of people who were interested in the match gavin would maybe go god these three girls seem like a good fit he'd meet them for a coffee in bewley's get a sense of their character how it feels in your gut and then he'd come back to me you come back to the platform and say Sarah is the best fit they were all really nice and then we do a reference check on Sarah which means we get three references one from a job maybe a university somewhere she's volunteered and we ring all of them and that really gives you a good sense of Sarah's Sarah's character from different touch points and likewise Gavin would have to provide a reference for her mum from the family doctor or community health nurse to ensure that she's not too frail and that she'd have the right kind of temperament for this situation. And there's so much competition Saoirse in this in the, in the, in the service you provide? <clears throat> uh, no there's not a lot, a lot of competition but there is new competition now which is a really good thing because it's just a very positive indication of the market and the solution and uh, yeah that's all good and globally home sharing is cropping up around the world so it is it's kind of the way forward yeah Yeah, and just just from the point of view of of, um, elderly and I, it's always I was I was picked I was picked up on on, on calling people elderly because elderly is now fifty five believe it or not. <laughs> but those that are more senior, um, do you see there's a, an emphasis by uh, their children, their adult children, to keep them at home or are um, or nursing homes? What do you think is the attitude there for the most part? I think yeah, that's a good question, and I think everyone wants to stay at home as long as they can home is where the heart is we want to stay in our own homes and also I mean David who I lived with I lived with him for two years he's now 99 he went into a nursing home I think it's about six six or seven months ago and it got to a stage where he's too frail it wouldn't be safe for him to be at home a home share companion would no longer be the right fit and he's now in a nursing home and he's actually really really happy and the time with me extended the time at home for him and from a from his own well-being he, he wanted to stay at home he was really happy and from a cost perspective oh yeah, huge 
Yeah, huge, huge. So it's reducing the cost of that very you know, if somebody's 99, their level of care and the cost of that, you want to push that out as far as you can. So children ring me up and they're quite anxious and they're looking for a solution. And maybe their mum had a fall recently or is saying, oh, I'm nervous to be in the house or they've early stage dementia or Parkinson's. So it just just fits in really well and it keeps people safe. And tell me this, uh, seriously, the, the people, the kind of people that would be going in, um, what would they, ex- what can they expect their kind of living conditions to be? Do they live within, say, one room or do they have kind of freedom of the house or how does, um, if somebody was thinking of, of sort of partaking in this? So, yeah, that's a good question too. So a home share companion would obviously have their own room. They'd have access to the kitchen, to the facilities. Obviously, we're not going to move in and start changing the house around. We need to be very respectful. And in the home share, the agreement, there'd be bullet points like no overnight guests, no mad parties. I think that's everyone's worst fear. (laughs) Uh, To be honest, everyone I've placed, they tend to be female working professionals. And say I had a girl called Corral. She was from Mexico. Her mum came over to see her and her mum stayed in the house. Family were like, of course your mum can stay in the house. And Corral lived with Kay for two years and helped Kay to stay at home with the practical help of you know, help around the house, but also the companionship. And would the share then, t- say, take your weekends off or something like that to have, a, uh, to have some sort of a... Yeah, 100%, 100% they would. They're yeah. out on Saturday night, they're in their yoga class on Wednesday, they're at work all day. Yeah. But they're coming in and they're sleeping in the house and they're making a commitment of some social contact and practical help. But there'd be no relationships encouraged within that sort of arrangement, was there? There'd be no bringing your boyfriend no, back to the yeah, house. Yeah, As far yeah, as I know, yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. that's something our... Sneaking them in through the back window, yeah, maybe. Yeah, so so obviously know. there are, you know, there, there are quite... There's bells and whistles uh, for, for... In other words, there's there's, uh, there's a criteria for for, these, uh, for for anyone that's going to look after um, an elderly woman, or a man for that matter. Yeah, there's 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 boundaries the in boundaries, place yeah. to keep it's everyone going. It's very important. Going. That'll yeah. give ease of uh, peace of mind to the uh, to the family. Because yeah. you don't want. And also, apart from that, I know from you know in, in the case of my own mother, she would be very particular in the way she wants to have the house, kind of you know, in terms of so things like that. You know, you'd bring in somebody who's very say uh, untidy or something. It just wouldn't work. You'd immediately you just know that that's going to yeah. create sort of and frustration. Uh, the match I'm in at the moment, I'm out in Monkstown now with a really great woman. She's going to be 90 this summer. And her core requirements was, I want somebody to keep my kitchen really, really clean. <laughs> and whenever I used to rent a room out to someone, I was like, you have to keep the kitchen really, really clean. Really clean. <laughs> so I'm kind of a good match for her because I really... I leave her kitchen really spick and span. But likewise for me as a business owner, I let the family know I'm out of the house from 9am to 9pm. Does that work for you? And they were like, that's perfect. Mum doesn't want anyone under her feet. We really just want that secure presence in the, in the house at night. So there's always a little bit of a variation in the matches. So what are your plans for the future? You've, you've built up a successful business here now. What, what you, where, where do you see yourself going now? From Blau, from, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I've just applied for New Frontiers Phase 2 and I really am focused on innovation and technology in order to scale the business around the country. So that's very exciting. The big dream would be to go into foreign markets, but 
right now, Rights Day is very much focused okay. on, you know, our customers here in Dublin and yeah. around the country and really improving the systems that we have in place. Great, Sisha. Well, very best of luck in the future and thanks for coming in. That was Sisha Sheridan, founder of Elder, Share, Elder Home Share. I think we got the name right earlier. Elder Elder Home Share. Elder Home Share. Next up, we're after a quick break, we'll be joined in studio by Healy Hines, CEO and founder of Beagle, the online property sales platform. Your community radio for South Dublin. This is Dublin South FM. And Jimmy, welcome back to Property Matters here in Dublin South FM with Gavin Gallagher and myself, Brian Fox. You can contact us on Twitter at iProperty or email I, hello at iProperty iPropertyRadio.com. As mentioned before the break, we have Healy Hines, a CEO and founder of Beagle, online property sales platform. Now, you've had uh, Healy on with us for, uh, for a second time and we're delighted you're here with us again, Healy. Welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you. So let's talk about some, uh, some property news here. Um, yeah. And it's interesting, there's a story here about uh, Purple Bricks stock downgraded 80% yes. by, by uh, an investment bank. Do you want to tell us more about that? It's it's very much, I think, on trend of what's happened over the last number of months, as, as we've seen with eMove as well. Yeah, the, I, the that's for some quirk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been looking at Well, been that's what's, what's eMove? E- e- well, online estate agencies, and they, they were very much at the cutting edge of the, the of the, the, the change in, in the marketplace, and they led from the forefront, Purple Bricks particularly. As, as a PLC, they they floated. So he moves have had a, a thump, have they? Well, he, he they, went under. they went under. They went under. Unfortunately, under. Yeah. yeah, that whole operation went down, and I think and on the, on the back of it, Purple Bricks are are getting the backlash now. Um, well, so I do think there's what, been what, a huge. What contri- sorry, Gavin. What contri- why did it? What happened with the with with the uh, site? Then I mean, was it just lack of popularity, or I think they were spending too much money. I mean, in the case of um, Emove, it was it was basically it was cash burn. They weren't yeah. they weren't bringing in the income, but they were burning through their cash, and then, and I, I think it's something similar with Purple Bricks. The fact that they've gone and done a stock market listing, they brought in loads and loads of cash, and they've been going through I don't know how many million a month or something like huge that. Huge amount, of huge it. amount of money. And the problem is, is they're just not getting the kind of the market traction. Yeah. And I, I would say, obviously, Brexit is not helping because there's probably a stagnation in the market there it, in the it, UK. It, that as well. But they've also gone to Australia. Remember, like they they've really set their set their set their their uh, their boat out there. And and they've gone far and wide with the online estate agency uh, model, um, and it, it, I think it's really acted as a wake-up call for a lot of the estate agents that that the way technology has moved is changing the way they need to operate. Um, and the, that the, there's been an evolution then of is it high street, is it online, is it hybrid? What is what is the, the, the future of of the industry? And I think the reality is, as we're seeing from what's happened with with Purple Bricks, the, the, the future of the industry is what what the, the users of the industry want to be not what the stakeholders in the industry wanted to be like competition no one estate agency ever seems to get massive market dominant share and it, it appears as if this is what the business model for and a lot it, of these it seems too that um, Barron Bank mm. um, analysts are saying that reduced growth in the core UK market and mounting loss in the US and Australian markets yeah. have. so obviously Despite all the they good economic news we're hearing from the states, it's, it's expansion was just too fast. I think. I think. Yeah. Well, US is US is a massive market to try and disrupt. Like no. the, 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 the it's it's structurally very different to but the apart Irish from that, and Australian. You also have the incumbents that are there, like Correct. Zillow and stuff. I mean, those guys are not going to just allow you to walk into yeah. the market. Well, Purple Bricks wouldn't be Zillow wouldn't be a competitor to Purple Bricks, but you've got Remax, you've got Keller Williams, you've got, you've got um, Century Twenty One, you've got Compass, mm. you've got so many. Um, 
uh, players in that space and you've got much larger commissions as well you've got buyers agents you've got sellers agents you've got six percent commissions so, and they were looking to drive the, the low the low commission model in there the difficulty I think they may be finding in the US is that again the structure is different they have different legislations in different count in different uh, states as well and the access the MLS system yeah. it, it's it's very very difficult to disrupt that it should have been easier probably in Australia because of, of the similarity to the to well, the UK model crisis, housing crisis there Th- there is there is yeah there's, a, there's an issue starting to arise mm-hmm. now on Australia and remember they, they never underwent the, the, the crash of That's 2008 right. mm-hmm. that we hit so they may be potentially hitting that now with the slowdown and change in, in the Chinese economy yeah. a, a lot of their their investment in Australia has been led by Chinese money mining exports all that kind of stuff that's mm-hmm. starting to slow down which may be starting to impact what's happening in the Australian marketplace so uh, Purple Bricks has been hit on, on a number of number of fronts mm-hmm. but, but the, what they have done I think is they've, they've led the flag on, 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 the, on the technology end of it and they've opened up the, 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 the openness of the stakeholders and the realisation to the people who are in the industry that business can be conducted in, in a different fashion so and We haven't really discussed what they do though have we? What in fact but, what what they, what they they're, they're online estate agents, online estate, effectively. Yeah. That, that's what they are. They're competitors to, to incumbent players in the marketplace, and they're just doing it using an online model with and no high street offices. And yeah, no high street office, so they can offer a lower commission, yeah. basically. Yeah, and that's, 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 I think that's you pay really a what flat price, don't you, in a certain. They, they do, yeah. They have flat fee models and, and this kind of stuff. So it's, it's a low cost, um, it's, it's a low, low fee, low cost model to compete against the existing high street estate agents. That, that's really what they've done. And were they were they were they active in Ireland? No. They've not been active in Ireland. There are some estate agents, online estate agents, setting up in Ireland. But again, it's a much smaller marketplace. And from Purple Bricks' perspective, they're they're going where the big bucks are. So, from the point of view of the of the business you got, but you're in Healy, this mm. is a big story then in relation to. Well, it, it's it's interesting in that it shows that the the the, the disruptors in the marketplaces. Uh, they were first to the space out there. They've they've spread the word about technology can be used, and they've kind of they've they've shown the estate agents who are incumbent in the space that they need to do they need to do business differently. Mm. And rather than competing, what, what we do, like Beagle is an estate agent, like we're not, we're not a purple bricks, we're, we're a platform, we're a technology provider. So we allow estate agents using the BeagleBid.ie platform to do online private treaty bidding 24 hours a day and then using our BeagleSoul.ie platform. And how is that distinct from purple bricks? Well, it, it's a different, you're, it's you're a different a model. As a service we're a software provider. Yeah, so we, we allow the estate agents to, to deal with their customers 24 hours a day, basically. So we're not competing competing against estate agents we're not we're not That's doing that at all is, is mm. that the other guys um, Purple Bricks were taking on the estate agency right. market so mm. you know mm. you're making a lot of enemies there mm. Yeah. Mm. compared we're, to Healy's like trying to help the market we're, we're the estate agent's friend we're not we're not their competitor you know yeah, so yeah. We're, we're standing beside them understanding having come from a, f- a family background grown up in the industry and I know what the pain points are so we provided the technology to allow all these data agents to solve the pain points that they have and what Purple Bricks have done is they've they've kind of they've kind of shaken the market put a little bit of fear probably into some of the estate agents realising that the existing bottle isn't fit for purpose anymore um, and judging by this maybe the Purple Bricks model isn't fit for purpose when you, say the, when you say the business model you mean the model where we go into the, the shop on the, on the high street and have a look at the books there but and the, talk to pe- the estate agent 
they don't they don't even go into the estate agents anymore. They, go, they online. go online yeah. and they do a viewing yeah. and they set up the viewing and they go take a look at the property. But the the, the business model in in you ring the estate agents, you make an offer, you wait forty eight hours, the estate agents rings you back and says, you know, yeah. Brian, there's two fifty on that now, and you don't really know. And there's all, it, it's 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 because it's funny it's a, though because if you look back to twenty when I started following that, but twenty seventeen when I remember looking at you had. Um, What's the, the 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 group in the UK? The the one that's on every corner. Um, I, I just Foxtons. Foxtons. That's the one. Okay. So Foxtons share price was going like this, and Purple Bricks share was going like this. Yeah. And so yeah, at yeah. the time there was this huge discussion about the fact that Foxtons, because they had all world was it hundreds? Yeah, hundreds of like uh, branches all over yeah, England. Yeah. Yeah. And then that. these guys, Purple Bricks, came along. No branch network at all. So none of that overhead. And everyone's saying this is an amazing model. This is right. going to like totally. But the problem is, is to get traction you've got to spend a huge amount on advertising massive and these guys would be spending millions a month on just advertising to get it out there so that everyone starts using the platform mm. and of course then you start attracting with it competition so guys come along and say well I can set up my software that does something similar and then they start offering deals and stuff and so the guys the, it kind of waters down the market a little bit sure so the, the research got it wrong then do you think um, Healy the, or is it just a bad bad timing you mean the researchers for, for on, Purple Bricks yeah. well it, it's, it's bad timing for them, their markets are, are being hit uh, as well, and the 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 estate agents are are getting wise to the fact that they need to do their business differently. Okay. So there's a bit of that going on as well, and there's a bit of a learning process from the way, it, like the the way that that their business is conducted is very is actually quite different from the technology that we provide estate agents with. So mm. we actually allow them to operate with an even lower cost base mm. than, than Purple Bricks. Yeah. Is still a, quite a very manual system. Like from our perspective. 75% of the transactions that are going on with the state agents on the Beagle platform are actually done while their office are closed. There's no staff involved in it. This is actually another reason why uh, some uh, tech companies will decide not to go and list on the public markets because a lot of what's driving this could actually be short sellers that are actually kind of saying, you know, let's drive this price down. Whereas if you were privately owned, like for example, Facebook didn't make a profit for years and years. So they were able to go out and they were able to continue to rise because they were growing. They weren't making any money at all. Sure, mm. but they had people that were backing them up. Whereas with this, because it's listed pr- publicly, yeah. you've got guys can come along and start selling you short yeah, to yeah. drive the price down. Yeah. Yeah. This sounds yeah. a bit like the recession at the end of the eighties, I think, early nineties, when a lot of it was was uh, blamed on 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 the um, computer crash at the time. I think if if you go back to the, that, yeah, the dot com, the dot com, oh, the com crash, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that that sort of kind of similar idea? Two thousand and one, two thousand and one, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Not dissimilar, yeah, not dissimilar, yeah. So you. I, 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 you, you I'm sure you don't want to answer this question, but I'll put it to you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to go into competition now with your own platform. Or am I getting? Have I got that wrong in relation to um, online bidding and all that type of business? In, in, in competition with the with your fellow estate agents? Oh no, absolutely. We're not competition. With we're not, no, that's what I'm saying. But we're but actually you, endorsed by the estate agents. Yeah, we we yeah. have we we've been into you're we've, providing. We've, we've actually the 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 IPAV one of yeah. the auctioneering bodies in yeah. Ireland. We actually have an affinity deal with IPAV mm. members. So our technology is 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 you're, is, is, you're, you're providing them. You're yeah, so, yeah, we're, yeah, we're providing software solutions mm. to the estate agents, so we're not estate agents. And this is basically it's a white label type product, so that somebody can come no, along, put their own white, badge on it. Mm. Oh, white so, label being well, they, 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 white they, label. They, yeah, like yeah. they're dealing directly with the estate agents. We have no direct dealing with the purchasers or the vendors yeah. at all. You just write so the software. We we provide you with the platform when we connect it up to your systems, and then if somebody registers with you to make an offer, you make a decision on whether they can bid or what they can't bid. 
your what your vendors, all those alert yeah. systems that are done. So you control the sale. We don't get involved in that at all. And you're, are you, what, do you exclusive to this market or are there many of you in the Irish market? The technology that the technology we provided is yeah. unique. Is unique? Yeah, it's okay, unique. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And you've got a lot of interest obviously then from, from um, business people, or estate agents here in this country. Well, yeah, it, and increasingly so. We have a number of estate agents who are just moving their entire business model online. And what makes it so unique then, um, Healy? It's an estate agent solving a estate agent's problem. So it's you, a man has been you, beaten by the whip you, for many right. years and <laughs> realised how to get it like off. They know you. They know you know the market. In other words, well, exactly. Mm. It's it's sometimes a lot of the prop tech that you come across is technologists from the outside looking at the industry and saying, "This is what the pain points are. This is how I'm going to solve it." That's not what. That's not where Beagle came from. Beagle came from an estate agent who grew up in the industry, who went through the two thousand and eight recession d- yeah. implosion with with his business, and sat down and said, "Right, this time I'm doing it differently," and wrote, the, built this technology to solve those problems, and I left the estate agency directly to concentrate on the technology itself. Because I'm very conscious of the fact that I'm working with estate agents, so I want no want conflict, uh, absolutely yeah. not even no a perception conflict. of a conflict mm-hmm. that that. We're, this is a back end to setting up an online estate agency because agents are very precious about their businesses. A lot of them, their their, list it's their that. name over the door. Like it's 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 actually their name that's sitting up there, and it's possibly their 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 dad's name or like it is with us. Um, my sister is now running it. You know, so it's it's run through three. The, the the Heinz auctioneers business has run through three sets of family hands, and we're not unique in that. Mm. So we understand where where it's coming from and how important it is that that you b- remain in control of your business which is which is what we're doing we're just allowing the estate agents who are there as your businesses build to do them more efficiently how long have you been involved I think we're probably just to refresh listeners <laughs> how long have you been involved with this business uh, well I, I started the coding <coughs> of it probably about four years ago but we soft launched the I left the estate agency two years ago to concentrate on 18 months two years ago to concentrate on it fully fully sort of work with Enterprise Ireland then uh, hit, okay. uh, soft launched the platform in August of last year. Got HPSU approval in January of this year. The last time I was on with you, we mm. passed 100 million in online bids. And as of last weekend, we passed 300 million at the yeah, weekend. Fantastic. And where did you get the idea from? Yourself? I got the idea from the fact that I needed to, I, I, had, I had 18 staff working for me at the height of the market. Oh. And I was writing wages checks every Friday afternoon. <laughs> and then realising it had to be done better well actually the first time I saw eBay yeah, I realised yeah. there's a better way of selling stuff but you hadn't seen any copycat you hadn't seen any other type of models working like that abroad or anything? no well this, this model doesn't exist anywhere else to my knowledge and I'm what, very open to see if how it does. does how does it compare with say BidX1 um? yeah well again BidX1 is an online estate agency uh, and they provide online auction facilities quite good we provide estate agents with Beagle Sold which is an online auction platform which they can set up maybe running inside 45 seconds right, right. so we're we're providing the technology to level the playing field amongst estate agents so they can use their their skills because they are a very skilled sector so they they're they're, they're we're automating the, the the menial tasks so they can concentrate their staff on the high value tasks so you're only two years in business so you're obviously quite a success doing all right it's quite happy million, that's, and that's would, you, <laughs> would you think of, would you think of expanding y- yes we are we're constantly expanding we're taking on more clients in Ireland 
at an increasing rate here. And we will we have a plans for expansion into the UK and farther afield. So for us, Ireland is proof of concept for our business model, understanding how we operate, and then developing a scalable model here that we will translate into foreign markets. You're not the least bit anxious about the UK market. Absolutely not. No, because the, the technology that we have, Ireland at the moment is is, is a quite a hot market, and our technology works very well. But in a lean market, you even you need to be more efficient than ever. So regardless mm-hmm. of the market is, is is warm or cold, so conditions the don't don't work. don't don't um, are kind of irrelevant to you. You just <laughs> adapt to whatever. Well, exactly. Are. Like, do, do you use a photocopier irrelevant of whether or not the market is hot or not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. People want to buy and sell. People want to buy and sell. People want Good to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. And tell me this, uh, Healy, you actually did this uh, coding yourself. Hmm. That's quite. Uh, how long did it take you to learn to code and things like that? Oh, I, I, I grew up coding. Coding. Did you? Yeah. Commodore sixty four. Uh, Sinclair ZX Spectrum <laughs> forty eight, which I still have. Oh really? Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I had, had sixty four. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. you were you were quite friendly to the, to the whole idea of programming. Yeah. Well, I and I I, I did that all along. I've yeah. built computer networks and I've written code consistently and. I have a degree in marketing as well, so I'd actually had a you marketing have a agency set up IT as, well. Now as well. Do you? I probably have <laughs> by osmosis. <laughs> I probably have a degree yeah. by osmosis. Yeah. Obviously, it's obviously the way of the future. From what, from the way you're you're, you're talking. It's here. the way of now. It's this we'll is it's now. not the we'll future. Get, we'll this is today. On, we'll get you codings. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, th- I think we're out about uh, out about a time. That was uh, Healy Hines, CEO and founder of Beagle, the online property sales platform. Healy, thanks again for joining us. Thank you very much. And guys. I hope to see you again sometime soon. I am absolutely very anxious to hear about your future developments. Yes, uh, we'll talk we, soon. We, we won't say any more about we'll that for now. Soon. Anyway, stay tuned. After break, we will be hearing from Emma Hayes, head of PR and new media for Property District. Broadcasting to South Dublin on 93.9. This is Dublin South FM. And you're very welcome back to Property Matters here in Dublin South FM with Brian Fox and Carl Tan. It's not Carl, it's Gavin who's here today. You can contact us on Twitter at iPropertyRadio or email hello at iPropertyRadio.com. Our next guest is Emma Hayes, Head of PR and New Media for Property District. Emma, nice to see you. Hello. Hi, Brian. Nice how, to see you. How are you today? How, how is everything? I'm great. Good, good. Um, we're going to talk about social media for, yes. the, for the property industry. Tell us, uh, um, is social media being widely used by the by the property industry? I think it is mostly. There's still some people that, uh, some estate agents that are a little bit um, nervous and in getting involved. We do have clients overall that are embracing it. Um, we have some clients that are kind of reluctant to get involved in it and some that only want to use maybe a Facebook page or they might want to only use LinkedIn, but they don't predominantly want to use a lot of the platforms. So we're kind of seeing that people are embracing it more so now than than before, definitely. But there's still some work to be done, and we're hoping that more people come on board as such. And what do you think of the attitude like out there in relation to? I mean, it's been out there quite a while now at this point. Yeah, is, I, is, it, is it a sort yeah. of um, skeptical attitude to it? Or what? I think it is. Like <coughs> some estate agents, like they've been around thirty years, and we know that in the last twenty years there's been huge changes. In the last ten, especially, mm. there's been huge changes. So for us, it's all about like talking to our clients and educating them on what is best for their business because we know that in a couple of years things are going to move very quickly and that if they don't get on board with social media right now they're going to be left very much behind because we know more and more people are using their devices to get and information you know yeah the other thing I want to ask you too about is let's get away from social media for a moment um how is P- 
PR, um, how do um, um, people in the property business view PR? PR, I think they view it as Public a very good tool. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. definitely. Because, um, well, with Property District, we offer a whole kind of communications strategy. So it's not just social media. We look at their PR. We look at everything, like and their content creation. We look after their blogs. We do videos. We have a tech team in-house now that can look after 360 virtual tours. And uh, we're doing a lot to kind of move with the times so we can offer this to our clients at a good rate. And we're, I think they are like enjoying the whole process. I think most of them do. And um, the PR is really a big part of that because with, you know, you can't just have social media without having good PR as well yeah. because they do work. We find that we prefer someone to come on board as a whole strategy. And from your own point of view, did you see a niche in the market for a PR uh, within that area? Yeah, well, there always has been. Like I, I, I've worked with property clients for a few years and obviously Property District has been there for a good few years now with Carol and she's obviously very experienced in everything. But myself, I started working with uh, a local local like estate agents in my own town and uh, it kind of built on from there my experience and like that and then I got on board with Property District and joined the team. So we're a few years at it and it has been something that like has been really welcomed and I, I, I do love what I do because you do come away from meetings and know that you're doing the best job for them and they do need this service and uh, estate agents are, they do need to move forward with the times. And, I mean, is there any typical size of a estate agent who would, who would uh, take on your services? Well, usually it's independence. Um, mm-hmm. The smaller the smaller guys, obviously, the bigger companies would have their own in-house PRs. They have their own communications. Um, for us, it's mostly independent, smaller guys from all around the country, actually. And um, for us, it's really important because what we do is we kind of, um, we put them as the local estate agent. We position them as the local expert in their area. So we don't just throw up a few Facebook now, how posts. How is that done? Is it through, through it's social media? It's storytelling and storytelling and content and everything through blogs. Um, predominantly used to be written content as we know we've moved forward with into video and everything infographics especially as well so now we're basically we're changing the way we think and over the last couple of years we've had to do that and now um, a lot of them are embracing the whole the whole thing of it and it's full been service. really yeah full service and it works really well I think I think um, most of them are happy and like anyone that we've taken on we we retain their, them as clients because we do do a good job for them and they see the value that it offers them in the long term and it is whether it's PR whether it's the social media but they all do work together it's not just one simple throw something out there and it'll work it's not really yeah because a lot of people see PR people as people that are are sort of in crisis management when it comes to communications yeah Yeah. that is not exactly what PR people do no definitely not no we would um, like for local estate agents they could be doing something really great in their community and how do you get word out about that well you you tell everybody so you can tell obviously you can put it on your blog and you can put it on your website you can put it on social media but it's great to get the local papers involved and if you can get nationals great if it's a great story it's of course art. we can play. Yeah, so, so you, you have to yeah. bring, bring, bring in the, 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 yeah. the local newspapers it's storytelling well. and mm. my strength is storytelling like I've worked um, freelance writing for years so I can go into a meeting I can meet with people and I really take on I want to know everything about their business it doesn't matter what business because we work with construction we also work with property developers and I've worked with a whole array from food to tourism all sorts of different clients over the years so we need to find that story within them we need to understand their You're building a narrative, in other words. Exactly, build their, narra- their mm. narrative that suits it's how them. Engage the yeah, story. Yeah, you got to engage. Story exactly, will, will. and you know this as well, Gavin. Like you, you understand a lot about it. That you know, getting them um, emotional storytelling is very important, and people will engage. Like we find that um, if a local.
local estate agent does something locally in the community and you can put that out there a lot pe- a lot more people will engage with it because they're getting to know the local estate agent and it is about building that kind of belief in the estate agents because sometimes people might think they're estate agent there's so many in a town there could be five six there could even be yeah. more I know in my town there could be around 10 or 11 I'm in Nace, Nace okay. and so how do we position them and how do we make them and would they typically come to you or, or do you have to go to them to, to uh, actually with property district we've had them come to us so oh, luckily yeah. we're in a very privileged position that we've kind of let our service do the talking so it, we are at the stage now we're lucky enough that clients will come to us we don't necessarily go out looking for them we just we, we prove ourselves through our clients and then what we do in house as well and stuff like that so it, it's working really well but it is really beneficial to them and I think like going forward it's going to be so much more important as we go forward because the website isn't enough anymore if mm. an estate agent has a website it's distribution it's just, exactly yeah. and it's just not going to it's just not going to convince consumers anymore they're all on social media well most people are mm. they're all going to be turning to different ways and like we have different generations coming through and we know that Gen Z's are spending 74% of time their free time online and that's bec- and these are the people that will be buying and selling in years to come so we need to we've got to accept that the demographics are going to change and how do you respond to those changes so that's what we're the things that on. you did five years ago are no longer the things that you have to do these days I mean it's the speed of change is incredible yeah it is just because just because something worked five or six years ago doesn't mean it's going to mm. work today you know, no. just from the point of view I'm just um, asking a broad question about PR really not, yeah. not just specifying not just specifically as data does, does the fact that um, a lot of um Shall we call them celebrities and uh, high-profile uh, politicians, such as our dear president yeah. in the United States at the moment, uh, put a lot of stuff on, say, what could be seen as press releases on Twitter. Does that make the uh, PR n- business nervous? No, not from my point of view. Uh, we're very, um, we're v- we very much focus on what we do. I don't get interest. I don't pay too much attention to what others are doing because yeah. I think our competition is always going to be there. And I think how people, we always, especially me, um, when I came onto the team, it was all about doing PR differently we wanted to do alternative we didn't want to do the traditional of just getting people into papers it's all about the whole concept of like what is PR like even a good social media post can be can technically be PR if it's done properly and if it hits the right the right demographic and if it's the right market but we never wanted to stick to the tradition and that's what we've moved away from is trying to do everything a little bit differently um, through like and it does come back to story we are and we're changing and we're learning as well and it's not we don't know everything right now no business could ever know everything and I know I don't I've learned a lot in the last six months about video myself on the ground like actually seeing how it all works and it's been a huge learning curve and I will continue to learn but that's good because it means our clients are also evolving with us and we're providing them Before before we get any emails in I have to correct myself because I said our dear president uh, Uh, he is not our dear he's not (laughs) I shouldn't even said dear he's not our president he's the US president so um, you said you you work with newspapers as well do you provide newspaper articles and press releases yeah press releases so we do that as part of our communication strategy so um, in we would everybody would get like a blog they get um, an infographic they would also maybe get a video it really depends on what they want and also uh, at the start it's great if we get free reign but obviously some people are nervous they want mm, to just see how it goes and they want to the test message, yeah. they want to control it so we're very happy to see what a client wants of course we will advise them in what we think is the best course which, of action um, which social media platforms are you finding the best for results I yeah mean, f- Facebook is really good but sometimes people are finding it difficult as well to get kind of people engaging with it but the views are always high it's just people aren't liking it and of course a client will come to you and say there's only five likes on it or six likes but the point is is that your brand is getting there so on average you could 
could have a thousand views that means a thousand views people have seen you over mm. a thousand times your name there so that what about LinkedIn really how are you finding LinkedIn I think LinkedIn's great personally and professionally I, I think find it's it more powerful than LinkedIn yeah. LinkedIn isn't, isn't it LinkedIn just for um, businesses yeah but and job searching yeah, but, but I no, think really, no, it's, it's not for it's job searching way anymore that, way no, beyond it's, it's, it's yeah. now it's got a news feed similar to yeah. but it's, it's actually video I think yeah video as well so it's like it's like for us journalists in the media business we're not particularly comfortable with what's happening with yes. Google and, and they're doing that type of news story now well, as well. It's, okay. it's yeah, I, I think LinkedIn is probably the most powerful. Yeah, at the even moment. for myself, like I find it really, really good and I've also found it good for clients and their pages. Like they're kind of a slow burner. You have to be very committed in building a, a LinkedIn page for a company. Right. Regardless, it does take time. So if you're hoping they're gonna get a hundred followers within a couple of days, that's probably not gonna happen. Mm. But what you do is you build it and you build a community around it your takes page time. and everything. Yeah. And okay. it takes page and you've got to really you've got to share content that is useful to your followers add as well value. and stuff and add value to them yeah uh, um, we've talked there about social media but what about um, video video is going crazy at the moment uh, what's it's lucky the biggest is thing, yeah, yeah but what's far. lucky is now is with insta stories and facebook stories and and all these things and snapchat as well um is that we don't necessarily need fancy cameras and fancy videos so we're looking at it's more cost effective now than it was say three four years ago which Gavin, i'm sure you would agree like that it has evolved so you don't need to make sure that you're like a perfect fancy camera and you don't have to make mm. sure you've got the proper makeup on and look perfect that it's okay to do a video as long as your content is valuable so that's what you need to do you need to find the right brand the right way to project your brand and we can help you with that and making sure your voice is authentic and I mean would you you'd obviously use video on the website yeah we can use video on the website as well so we like we would usually kind of do a blog a month we do a video we do an infographic and kind of like mix it up like yeah. that so people think, are getting different yeah. types of content with video the important thing is I mean for example YouTube yeah. it's it's actually it's a search engine it's the second most mm. powerful search engine after Google yeah. and so if you create the correct kind of conditions if you list if you you know you use the right correct title and the description yeah. stuff you can have an enormous yeah. search volume and people mm-hmm. are coming and discovering your they stuff are. very very quickly and everybody loves YouTube and mm. that's like well the other, thing, well, the other thing with video is what I'm noticing too now with politicians because I, I do a lot of political work myself yeah. is that a lot of politicians do a piece to camera um, yeah. for, for their for their uh, yeah. for so their like a feed. selfie Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Here we are. Here yeah. we are on live. Yeah. Yes. So, exactly. But a lot, a lot of, there's a lot yeah. of work involved with that because, yeah. you know, you have to sort of memorize your script as well. Yeah, yeah you, know? you do. And then there is people that actually, like you see it on LinkedIn now a lot. People are just actually, I don't care about a script. I'm just going to say what but I the, think. And I stuff, think the yeah. best example, actually, of a politician is the new, uh, the lady in America, AOC. She goes by the initials. and yeah. uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. That's it. <laughs> yeah. She, uh, I mean, in particular, the, the, the Twitter platform, she, everyone is just commenting that she owns that she platform does. now she completely yeah. dominates she because she knows it's so kind of like um, intuitive to her yeah. You know, yeah. she's grown up with the thing and yeah. like when the last election was going on she was working in a bar that's right today she's a, a, you know she's sitting there as a congresswoman yeah. it's yeah. incredible yeah. Like, that's incredible yeah. and just if you see some of the interactions she's had with other congress people and stuff like that it's fantastic it I mean, she's just so sharp and yeah yeah. it just goes to show how social media like uh, social media has got a lot of negative press and it will continue to do, do so because there is people that will not treat it as it should be. It should be treated with respect, of course, but it is really beneficial to businesses if it's used properly. Do you think it'll be, Facebook will be regulated after the latest uh, scandals? Yeah, I know. That's another, and that's another question you get asked a lot as well by uh, clients and everything. But I'm of the opinion, your data is always 
going to be questioned and everything. And we are living in the whole era of this mm. problem and everything. So it's either we just have to try and like personally manage it. Manage yeah. it, yeah. But course. I am surprised, Emma, um, in that, you know, particularly after the scandal last year with uh, Cambridge Analytica, that um, I, I would have thought that Facebook would be less popular than that because of the harvesting they have done for yeah. politicians. But th- that is not the case as far as you're concerned. I, I don't think it I has. Think, like, I, don't I think, think, no, I think the people are still viewing it, but yeah. I think the actual, the regulators and the people in the in law in, in mm. kind of law enforcement, I think they're starting to sort of take a very close look at it because yeah. I think Google, or not Google, but Facebook is considered damaging. The fact that the American election was kind of interfered mm. with and so mm. yeah. mm. the fact that they haven't taken down hate speech and things like that. Yeah, I think yes. it's well, that's a huge thing. Like, that's a yeah. huge problem. I think stuff, all you know? of those platforms are going to come under a huge pressure now because it's yeah. becoming a, just a big issue. It's kind of like, you know, we're, we're not, the sorry, you know, we're not yeah. capable of managing that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, there always has been that tension there yeah. between newspapers and those because of the fact that yeah. newspapers are publishers where they consider themselves platforms. Mm. So yeah. free, free from defamation then and so forth as well, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, there is. And there's always going to be huge problems with any, any of these tools that we use, like any technology tools that come through the ranks are always going to have these issues or problems with them but that doesn't mean that we can all just decide not to use them and businesses oh, you'll fall behind there. if you yeah don't. you've you got either. to stay ahead of the game like yeah. you know but as far as you're concerned you keep it small for now I mean f- from the point of view yeah. of your business and, and, and your own business model yeah in PR well we actually take on bigger clients it doesn't we don't mind who the clients are but predominantly it has been independents and small estate agents and construction companies large and um, property developers could be large companies as well but um and in PR are, it's it is it's it depends on what the client wants you know and yeah. like I said it comes back to you know when you take them on it's in what they want what to, they want what they you're want and what, what they're yeah. we, we have to totally it? it's yeah. a total, and each one is different and if it was the same for every single estate what's agent typical? you couldn't well, what's here. the typical response from estate agents at the moment from the point of view what they what they would tell you typically well social media from the social media angle a lot of them are wanting video at the moment that's really, the biggest that's right. thing at the yeah, moment is yeah. video and are we looking at video we need video and but then they don't know how to get the video so I'm it's finding I need thing, to yeah. be training people as in right I need to go out and show them how to do an Insta stories because they are on the road they're in the houses so it's easier for them for me to teach them how to do it of course we can support them but we need to offer that training and stuff so they can also utilise the tools that are available to and them and there's so many the, different formats in their hand like let's not formats, forget yeah. the phone is in their hand they're going out with a phone so you need to let's utilise what's in your hand yeah. and let your consumers utilise what's and in their hand you, and then you more how would you edit then would you edit on the phone or would you edit but they can send them over to us and we would edit them or like some of them will just go straight straight out like because Insta Stories is live but you can archive stuff and mm. publish it afterwards but it depends again it, it depends, depends on, on the client, client. you can and kind of cut it on the fly as well yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. and it depends on the client and it depends on their experience and how they are with social media themselves it's a big world obviously the PR world and a lot involved yeah. uh, I'm lot sure involved. what we discussed is only a small piece yes. of sure the speeches <laughs> to be written and so forth as well it is indeed well, that was Emma Hayes, Head of PR and New Media for Property District. Emma, thank you for being with us today. And, no problem. Uh, that's it for the studio today. Thank you for joining us all on Property Matters. And um, get in touch with the show by emailing hello at ipropertyradio.com. Okay, I want to thank all of our guests for being on the show with us today. Next week, we'll be joined by Dr. David Duffy, Director of Property Industry in Ireland in studio. But now, for th- thanks to Shane Phelan, who was on sound, producer Kay Talon. We're back at the same time next week, so t- stay tuned for Bowl of Soul, which is coming up next. From Gallen- Gavin Gallagher and myself, Brian Fox, have a great week. Thank you.